if you were a young woman with a family. Unfortunately, that family didn't work out, but you get a second shot at love. Even though there was a bit of an overlap and a bit of controversy surrounding it, you decide to go for it anyway. And now you have a new husband who you also share a child with. But over time, this relationship begins to sour as he becomes more and more controlling. You're afraid to tell your family and friends what's really going on, so you do what you can to put on a brave face. But little do you know, this brave face can only last so long, and eventually, your life will be taken. Hello, my fellow divers, and welcome back to another episode of Crime Dive, where we take a deep dive into crime. I'm your host, Lexi. Thank you so much for listening and watching. If you're new, Welcome to the water, we're so happy to have you. If you're returning, welcome back to the water. We missed you and thank you for coming back to take another deep dive into crime with us. As always, please check out our episode description. There you can find my email for any business inquiries. You can find the links to my TikTok, Instagram, podcast if you're watching on YouTube. Today we are going to be talking about the tragic death of Heather Turner. This case really has so many interesting elements to it and it remains unsolved to this day. One of Heather's family friends actually reached out to me in order to cover this case because there's a lot of controversy surrounding it and police really aren't doing anything. Her case has stalled for about six years now, so the family just wants some movement and they want some eyes on the case. Please like, comment, subscribe, turn on your post notifications, and share this video with a friend so that way it can get a lot of coverage so we can hopefully put some pressure on the Paulding County Sheriff's Department in order to get justice for Heather. Because one of Heather's family friends actually reached out to me through my TikTok, that kind of inspired me to possibly start some sort of forum so that way I can have the family members of victims or family friends of victims to reach out to me if they want more eyes on their case. I think that's something I'm going to implement more in the very near future. But with that, let's get right into the case. Heather Turner, born Heather Milam, was born on June 20th, 1981 in Dallas, Georgia. Her parents' names were Vicky and Billy, and she was an only child, so she had no siblings. Heather was described as being full of life, she was a joy to be around, and she absolutely loved to laugh. She was known to be very funny and very giving to her family and friends. She never met a stranger and she was an absolutely amazing friend to the people that were around her. She was very strong in her Christian faith and she loved to sing, she loved animals, and she loved to exercise. Oh, she was majestic. She was so charming and so full of joy and I know everybody says she lit up a room but just her sense of humor and her kindness was outstanding. When Heather was only 20 years old, her mother Vicky unfortunately passed away. She had been sick for a while and Heather had gone to her house to check on her, but she ended up finding her deceased. This was a very crushing blow to Heather and her family, but she really did what she could to not let the grief consume her. She just tried to be positive as much as possible. Her aunt Cindy became like a second mother to her and they were very, very close. 
Heather was married to a man and they had one child together, a son. Now remember I said earlier, she was very strong in her Christian faith and her and her family would attend church together a lot of the time. But over time, Heather and her husband were starting to have a few marital issues. So they decided to go to marriage counseling at their church led by their preacher. Now I've been warned by the family to steer clear of using the preacher's name or anything like that. So just to protect my channel, we're gonna call him Sandy. And if you've heard of the case, I'll just give you a hint. It's not that far off from his real name, but it's not his real name. So we're gonna call this man Sandy Turner. Now Sandy Turner was leading the marriage counseling sessions for Heather and her husband. But over time, Heather and Sandy actually started to form a relationship. And this relationship eventually turned into a full-blown affair. Pretty quickly, the church found out that the preacher was having an affair with a member of the congregation. And this caused a lot of issues within the church because in the Christian and Catholic faith, adultery is a sin. And the preacher was literally committing it. Eventually, Heather and Sandy both ended up leaving their spouses for one another and they began a full-on relationship. So you can imagine that was definitely a pretty interesting time in their church. Heather and Sandy ended up getting married and together they shared a daughter and they just settled into their new life together as a married couple and with their child. But if there was one thing about Sandy and Heather's relationship, it was the fact that Sandy was pretty controlling and oftentimes abusive. He made it almost impossible for Heather to be around her family and he completely isolated her from them as well as her friends. He just wanted her life to be all about him, their child together, and Sandy's children from his previous relationship. He never really allowed her to associate with her own people. I mean, even their daughter didn't know Heather's family very well because he just wouldn't allow their paths to cross. Sandy would even reply to Heather's social media messages on her behalf because he didn't want her talking to anybody or saying things that he knew nothing about. He just wanted to be in on every channel as much as possible to control Heather's life. Over time, their relationship began to get worse and worse. Sandy became more controlling and this control turned into verbal, emotional, and even sometimes physical abuse, according to Heather. They would oftentimes get into a lot of fights. Sandy would talk down to Heather and he was just overall not a great guy to her. But Heather didn't confide in the people closest to her, such as her aunt Cindy or her best friend, Joni Miller. Just a quick side note, Joni Miller is actually married to Jeremy Miller, an actor who played Ben on a TV show called Growing Pains. Through this connection, Heather was able to meet Candace Cameron Bure. And if you don't know who that is, she played DJ on Full House. And I think we all know who DJ is. These were the type of interactions that Heather was getting into and enjoying before Sandy. But over time, these social interactions decreased because he just didn't allow her to associate with any of these people. So she really became isolated, which made it hard for her to confide in her family and friends. Even Sandy's parents would help hide the abuse that he was giving to Heather. She had had some visible bruises on her body. So Sandy's parents told Heather to stay with them while the bruises healed because they said it would look bad to the church if Heather showed up with bruises. So instead of telling your son to just not put his hands on her, you're gonna help him hide the fact that he does. Makes no sense. As I said, Heather was really good at hiding what was really going on at home because she just wanted to remain positive. But you can only keep up that positive face for so long. Eventually, Heather couldn't take it anymore and she had to tell somebody what was going on. So she decided to confide in one of her coworkers, a man named Rob, 
who she worked with at the Paulding County Courthouse, more specifically the probate court. She would tell Rob absolutely everything that was going on at home and they became really great friends. Now, according to Rob, their relationship started to become more than a friendship, but they were never intimate and they never met outside of work. So it was more of a deep emotional connection that Heather believed she really needed because she just wasn't getting that from her husband. Heather would send Rob a lot of emails back and forth detailing the fights between her and Sandy that were just getting worse and worse. In one of the emails, Heather told Rob that Sandy said to her he would quote, bury her before he signed divorce papers. Now, Sandy said he was just saying this as an expression and he didn't really mean it, but given the abuse that Heather had been facing, she didn't know. I mean, maybe he actually would do something to hurt her, but she wasn't willing to take any chances. Rob convinced Heather to actually go to the judge that was working at the probate court that they were employed at, a judge named Deborah Anderson. And he told her, you should report this abuse. I mean, let her know, get it down in writing, so that way something can be done. So Heather agreed, and she made up her mind right then and there that she was leaving him. Sandy eventually found out that Rob and Heather were communicating via email. So he ended up calling Rob and threatening him for talking to his wife. Like I said, things were just getting even messier as time went on. On April 4th, 2017, Sandy ended up showing up to the courthouse where Heather worked with their daughter in tow, trying to get her fired for the emails that she had been sending to Rob. But Judge Deborah Anderson, who Heather had reported the abuse to, she had already knew about Sandy. She knew that he was going to try something like this, that he was a pretty abusive guy. So she really didn't feed into whatever he was trying to give. And eventually Sandy was escorted off the property. One month later, on May 3rd, 2017, Heather met with Judge Anderson one last time, and it was there that she told Judge Anderson that Sandy had a gun in his possession, and he was becoming more and more abusive, and their fights were just getting a lot worse. So there was an established threat of potential gun violence, and this meeting was written in writing of Heather reporting this, as well as telling the judge one more time that she was certain that she was going to leave Sandy. But despite this report, nobody could imagine what was going to happen the next day. On May 4th, 2017, around 6 a.m., Sandy placed a call to 911, reporting that his wife had shot herself. Andy, Andy, did you find her like this? Do you know how long ago this happened? I, I was in the, in the bedroom. And I heard the noise. You, you heard it? He claimed that he was in the bedroom sleeping when he heard a noise and he went to the bathroom and he found Heather lying naked in the shower with a gunshot wound to the head. Their daughter, who was eight years old at the time, was said to be sleeping on a couch nearby. Now, during the 911 call, Sandy's parents actually spoke, which was pretty interesting. I mean, were they there already or did Sandy call them first before he called 911? Which is weird. Wouldn't you call 911 first because you would have a much higher chance of saving them? It was also later reported that Sandy heard the gunshot around 5.30 a.m., but he didn't call 911 until 6 a.m. Why did you wait? 30 minutes to call 911, if that's true. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Why, like, why is there a 30 minute window? And then why did you call your parents first? Like I said, they could have been there already, but why would they have been there on a random night during the week when Heather was getting ready for work and Sandy was sleeping? I mean, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. They lived nearby, so it's not like they were just in town visiting and they just happened to be there. Officers and EMTs arrived around 6.15 a.m. and they found Heather lying on her back 
on the bathroom floor. During the 911 call, Sandy said that he was going to take her out of the shower and put her on the floor so he could potentially start CPR or see what he could do to better assess and help her. So that's why she was found on her back when EMTs arrived. But by that point, it was too late. It was clear that Heather was gone. She had passed away at only 35 years old. And this was a very, very tragic loss for her family, her friends, and her children. It was so unexpected and it just came out of nowhere. And nobody could believe that Heather had potentially taken her own life. Police investigated the scene after arriving, but they never actually sectioned the scene off with any type of caution tape and treated it as a crime scene. Three hours later, by 9.30 a.m., the scene was completely clear. They had collected everything they claimed they needed. They allowed Sandy to clean the bathroom that Heather was found in that same day. And then he and his kids just moved back in there the next day as if nothing had happened. I mean, she had just passed away. Imagine all the evidence they could have collected before they officially closed off the crime scene. For them to have closed it just three hours later is a bit fast in my opinion. Warrants weren't issued for another nine days in order to collect cell phones, any other electronics, as well as taking any pictures of the house that they may have needed. Nine days, that's over a week. That's a lot of time for somebody to get rid of something, hide it, delete it, change it. By the time the warrants were issued, police had taken pictures of Sandy in order to collect more evidence. And I'm assuming they were doing this to see if there was some sort of struggle between him and Heather that could determine whether or not he was involved in her death. But a week and a half later, the amount of healing of any scars or bruises, I mean, it's pretty possible that he probably wouldn't have had any injuries left after nine days. Police waited a very long time in order to collect some very crucial evidence that probably should have been collected that day or the day after. The day Heather died, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, otherwise known as the GBI, took her body in to perform an autopsy on her. In the coroner's report, it was found that upon arrival, an officer noticed that a wall near the toilet that was in the bathroom that Heather was found appeared to have been washed. In the report, it was also said that a note was found that said, I'm sorry, I love you. Heather's cause of death was ruled to be from a gunshot wound to the head, but her manner of death was undetermined. Now you may be wondering, why was her manner of death undetermined? Well, the GBI just wasn't able to prove this right away. The GBI claims to have turned over the findings of their investigation to the district attorney's office of Paulding County, but the DA said that they never received anything from the GBI. So that's just really frustrating. Like how is one entity saying they've gotten something from you and another one saying they haven't? Like get it together. We don't have time for this incompetence. I mean, there's somebody's life is now gone and we wanna figure out what happened. So for them to not even know who who has the records? Did they just vanish into thin air? I mean, what happened? It's just really frustrating. And it's because of stuff like this and the fact that it's still an open and active investigation that Heather's family really hasn't been able to get many answers. It's just some evidence that they're not allowed to know at this point, according to police, because the investigation is still open. But it doesn't really seem like anything's being done. Sandy told investigators that Heather was going through a lot right before she took her own life, such as the fact that she was about to lose her job the day she died, as well as the fact that her first husband was planning on taking custody away from Heather in order to have their son. And her old husband was going to have his new wife adopt their son. And this was just all too much for Heather to bear, according to Sandy. But Heather's family isn't buying it. They don't believe that Heather would 
ever take her own life, especially with her daughter in the next room. Remember I said earlier, when Heather was 20 years old, she found her mother deceased. Her family knew there was no way she would potentially put her daughter in the same situation. They just knew she wouldn't do that because she knew how much it hurt to find her own mother that way. Told me that Heather had killed herself. Any indication she was ready to take her life? None, none whatsoever. She would not have done that with her daughter feet away from her in the next room. Not to mention, Heather was not getting fired the day she passed away. Sandy tried to get her fired a month before, but it didn't work. That wasn't going to happen anytime soon. So as far as the note that was found at the scene that some thought was a potential note indicating that Heather meant to take her own life, her aunt Cindy believes that she did write it, but she doesn't think she wrote it for that reason. Yes, I believe Heather wrote that note and I believe it was stuck on something small long before she um, passed away. Heather was a note writer. She wrote songs, she was very wordy, um, and she expressed her heart. So why now would you not leave a note if you're such a writer and if you express yourself so thoroughly? Uh, why wouldn't Heather leave a note for her daughter? She believes Heather wrote that note a long time ago and that it had nothing to do with the current situation. Maybe she wrote it to Sandy because she was getting ready to leave him and she just wanted to write him the note, I'm sorry, I love you. And that brings me to my next point. If Heather was going to leave Sandy and her abusive toxic relationship very soon, why would she take her own life right before doing that. Heather was on the horizon of a brand new start. So why would she just end all of that herself out of nowhere, leaving her daughter alone with him? As of today, Heather's case remains open and active. And as I said, there's really not much movement at this point. Now, the strange thing is, is the fact that Sandy refuses to speak to the Paulding County Sheriff's Department to provide any more clarity as to what happened to Heather. I mean, he was the only adult that was there at the time who can speak to what really happened. He and Heather's daughter was only eight years old at the time, but he refuses to speak to police, which in itself is pretty sketchy. Why would you not wanna to talk to them? Why would you not wanna know more of what happened? It's like he's actively working against the investigation because he maybe doesn't want people to find anything out, allegedly. Maybe he doesn't want it to be investigated further, allegedly. All of this is alleged, by the way. I have to say that in order to protect myself. As of now, Sandy is not considered a suspect or a person of interest, and he has yet to be formally questioned in relation to Heather's death. Now, another interesting element to this case was the fact that it was later revealed that Heather and Sandy were never actually legally married. Come to find out, Sandy had forged their marriage certificate. So it wasn't real. They were never actually married, which is insane. The fact that that's how the marriage started says a lot about how it was going to go. And Heather had no idea. He completely deceived her from day one. Sandy and his children have recently written a book called Who Turned Up the Silence? And it details Heather's death from their perspective as well as how it affected them after the fact. I'm not sure how involved Sandy's children were in the writing of this book, but according to him, they all wrote it. And whenever Sandy does interviews, he really mainly just pushes the sale of his book. He doesn't really try to talk about Heather. He just talks about going to buy his book. Sandy's also planning on doing a movie with his children so that way they can continue getting their story out and profiting off of it. It's just crazy that he's doing all of these things in order to get his story out there and his word out there, but yet he won't even go talk to police. Does that make any sense? I don't think so. I feel like that's 
really weird. I mean, you're doing all these things, but you're not speaking to the police yet. Who are the people who could actually help find out what happened to Heather? And that leads people to wonder, does he want them to find out what really happened to Heather? I mean, there's some reason why he's not speaking to them. Heather's family is absolutely heartbroken by the loss of her and they can't believe that she's gone. They're just left with this huge hole in their family and they really have no closure. They've even gone on to say that if Heather really did take her own life, they could live with that. But the fact that police just aren't able to definitively say that, it makes it really hard for them to move forward without somebody being held accountable or at least police looking into it. Heather was an amazing woman. She was absolutely beautiful and she was a great mother. And the fact that her life is gone now and no one really knows how that happened it's just too much for her family to bear her family has been fighting for justice for six years and they have yet to get it and i really really want you guys to push this video out as much as possible so that way more eyes can be on the case i'm gonna leave the number to the paulding county sheriff's department as well as the number to the paulding county's district attorney's office in the episode description so that way maybe you could call them and tell them hey you need to look into this case a little bit closer now when you do call don't be rude because that's not going to help anything but just be firm be assertive let them know that this is important and that heather's life mattered and that she deserves justice along with her family but with that we're going to go ahead and wrap up today's episode thank you so much for listening and watching and I hope to see you in the water soon.